Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with the members of the Fourth Estate crew. Mabili is in studio with me this morning. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm barely here, but I'm here. All right, all right. <laughs> we had a little technical difficulties, folks. We, we, yeah. we, we appreciate your patience, and we apologize for not being there uh, for you at 8 as, as normal. But I tell you what, we're here now. That's right. And we are here to bring it to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Mabili. Yeah. We have a real community situation here. Very real. Very, very real. And let, let me tell you what's happened. There's been a, a, a there was a fire recently. Um, and there's a family that is in great need, folks. Great, great need. Um, the family is uh, here in Tampa. And there are children involved with regard to this thing. And uh, let, let me tell you what's happening, okay? Um, this family is in need of help. Is a family of five who've lost everything in an electrical fire in Brandon over the weekend. Uh, the mother's name is Dana Knotts. Father's name is Keon Harris with three small children, three. Uh, Antonio, 11 years old. Kamira, daughter, six years old, and King, son, 22 months, 22 months, uh-huh. are needing help to start all over. The fire consumed everything. 
consumed everybody, everything. Okay, they have a GoFundMe page on Facebook um, for monetary donations. Um, the GoFundMe link is uh, will, will be posted on the uh, the Sunday Forum Facebook page on the Walter L. Smith II Facebook page. Cool. Um, but just to make sure that people know what it is, it is GoFundMe uh, slash 455D, as in David, 7CA9. Again, that's GoFundMe, GoFund.me slash 455-7CA9. You can also drop any other donations such as clothing, toys, small household items, and furniture. Only furniture needed at this time was living room set and dining set and televisions. Um, uh, to 305 Palm Key Circle, apartment 205. That's 305 Palm Key Circle, apartment 205 in Brandon, Florida. The family um, uh, clothing and shoe sizes are as follows. Antonio is 11 years old. He's a size 30 slash 32 pants in men and medium in men's shirts. Shoe size is six. Okay. Then you have King, who's one year old, 12 to 18 months. Boy, shoes 5C. Shoe size is 5C. Um, then you have Kamara, who's six years old. Uh, she's a 5T, a 5T girl size. And shoe size is size one, size one. Then Keon, um, the size is 32 in pants and medium shirts. 32 in pants, medium in shirts. Okay, anything will help. Please, folks. This is the this is the Sunday Forum. We are here for the community. We want to make sure that we're here to help. They've lost everything. Yeah. And that that is one hell of a thing to happen. So, folks, please, you know, uh, I know, you know, a lot, we have our, our fun drive and things like that. But this is the time now where we are seriously, yeah. we, 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 we've got to start pulling together for each other. And this is one of those times. That's right. one of those times. We're community conscious radio. All right. So let's act like it. Let's act like it. Okay. All right. All right. So, hey, we are. Uh, we are. Okay. All right. We were supposed to have this morning um, a, a special guest, uh, Rebecca Jones. Rebecca Jones. You might remember Rebecca Jones as the whistleblower who actually confronted Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, regarding the COVID numbers that were being reported in the state of Florida. And she was, uh, she still contends that those numbers were wrong. Mm-hmm. The numbers that he was reporting were wrong. They raided her, apparently they, they raided her um, and searched her, her database and things like that. And she lost her job as a result of what happened. Um, but she contends that those numbers that were being that were being reported were absolutely wrong, mm-hmm. um, and that there is an effort afoot to there was an effort afoot to report the wrong numbers of COVID in in order to open up the state before right. time. If you recall, this did happen here in Tampa, Florida. Uh, not Tampa, Florida, but in in North Florida, in the Panhandle area, uh, where she's from. She currently, folks, she currently is running. Uh, against, watch this, Matt Gates <laughs> out of Jacksonville, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's big that, for the first congressional district. Yeah, that's that's big news. That's big news because he's an incumbent, right? That's right. He's an incumbent. He's he's supposed to be the what do the Germans call it? Wonderkind, the Wonderkind of of the Republican Party. Right, yeah. he's oh. a devout. He's a devout uh, number three follower. That's right. The devout number three follower, and um, wasn't he? Didn't they have a situation with him? Uh, I yeah, mean, that I, was a situation. Yeah, that there was is a situation. situation. Yeah, it's currently a situation, a legal situation, right. um, with regard to um, sexual, sexual misconduct. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Sexual misconduct. Um, I, I don't. I don't remember the details, so I'm not going to go in the, into right. detail on it unless I know specifically what it was. But I don't recall what that was, uh, except that it did have to do with underage uh, uh, girls. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into it either, but yeah. we could as we go as time goes on. But right. you know, it's interesting how they never get into it when it comes to the right wing. No, no, <laughs> they never do. They never do. Never do. It's none of it's right. But, yeah. you know, that's that's just not, you know, we don't do that here on Sunday for We make sure that we give accurate information. And if we are correct, if, we, if there's correct information to be given, we welcome it. We certainly welcome it, okay? Uh, but, uh, listen, Billy, mm-hmm. we got another issue. Another issue. Uh, uh, um, better yet, um, let me go back. Uh, Rebecca will not be able to join us this morning because she oh. has some, she has an emergency situation that, that came up. Um, but we, we look forward to seeing her here at some point, right? Mm. Um, well, that's we, good. Yeah, definitely. We want. We want she to was the one. Rebecca Jones was the one that was put in handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They cuffed her, man. It they looked like her. a really fascist state when they did that. I felt affronted yeah. when Rebecca Jones was put in handcuffs for yeah. trying to give out true information. information. Right, right. Or just challenging it. Right. I mean, they went right. to the database and everything like that. They searched the database. Um, they, they. I mean, it was it was terrible, absolutely terrible. Because she challenged true the, the numbers. Being, well, yeah, the numbers that were being given. They were absolute. Those numbers that were given were absurd. Right, totally absurd. There's no way in hell that those numbers could have possibly been right. That yeah. that, that that the government was given. If if a person was in a Florida hospital, you know, for anything. They would try to call it bronchitis other than COVID or right. something other than calling COVID. it COVID. Right. Because they didn't want the numbers to look bad. The right wing was more interested in Opening keeping, up the state. Yeah, to keep the business going. Every businesses going. Now mind you, let, let, let me be let me be clear about this point. I think everybody everybody understands this point. Nobody nobody really wanted the state to be closed. Right? Nobody wanted that. But it had to be. Right. Nobody wanted the rising numbers Nobody of hospitalizations wanted, yeah, and deaths. We didn't want that either. We didn't exactly. Want that either. We had to make a choice. So make a choice. You know, I I didn't. I don't want to die. Right. You know, and and certainly I didn't. I, we, nobody knew what was going on. And actually, you know, to do such a thing truthfully is a very selfish act. To do that is a very selfish, selfish act. And and, and let, let me tell you why it's selfish act. If if you don't. If, if you're wondering why I've taken that position, I, I, I mean, I, I think everybody here, I'm, I'm not alone in, in, the, in, the, in the thought. It's a selfish act because it, it eliminates the thought or omits the thought of those people who are most affected even, most affected and infected, um, who are out there who need help. And at a time where the poor, the poor, are the ones who are most affected and infected, then, you know, it was more important for them to consider businesses be open instead of giving the help that needed to be had and invest in that. Right, which is a simplistic, was a simplistic approach. I mean, you still had the businesses still had the supply chain issues, you still had the issue of people not wanting to come to work right? because of the, the potential for illness. You had people who knew kids were not in school, had to stay home. You know, you had so much fallout from COVID that people were placed in impossible positions in the government. Absolutely. The Florida government was not trying to act like it was conscious of it. It just was interested in the politics. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Not a not a good look. Not a good look. And Florida, amongst other states, of course, Florida is the one that's going to be under the microscope for yeah, a number of reasons. For because be. of, because of uh, issues, especially with voting uh, discrepancies and everything else that that we've right. had to face during that time. Uh, and leading up to that time, it, that, that was pretty bad. 
That's really bad. And, and of course, at that particular point, he was the new governor. That's right. He was still the new governor. So we are, uh, and, and you know what? And quite honestly, when he started out, I'm gonna tell you right now, I was shocked at at the at the good moves that he was making. If you recall, he was making some good environmental moves, right? Clean water and everything else, and he was doing all. I mean, he was yeah, giving that red some, tide was a big issue. Oh <laughs> man, tide, you know, I mean, he, he had was, to do. Something Ooh. to look busy. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. where are those moves now? You know, yeah. where is he now? <laughs> These were, he was running for the White House. Yeah. This yeah, governor is still running for the White House. Yeah, it is. He yeah. needed something under his belt, but, you know... These these people are full of contradictions. You know, you have a person in the White House that this governor refuses to work with. Yeah. And you have, you know, we talked about Matt Gates. you know, sex trafficking of a minor. You know, there's a lot of stuff mm. that they don't want to talk about, but will crow from the mountaintop when it seems like it's coming from the other side. Right. So this this attempt to play politics, even with our lives, with the truth, you know, with COVID especially, has been shameful in this state. You know, anybody that puts this governor in the White House, we deserve what we get. Absolutely. I mean, it was the same, same thing with, with number three, right? Mm -hmm. We put a clown. I mean, that was a clown, dude. I mean, who who does it? Yeah. We did. And, and and we became, as a nation, we became a laughing stock, mm -hmm. right? We became center stage in a comedy show, in a global comedy show. That's right, and you can quote me on that. Literally, <laughs> I mean, we came center stage on a global, on a global level, on a comedy show, and and so the state of Florida now is 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 now taking over the the United States with regard to the same thing, and I think that we we've got to get serious. Democrats, Democratic Party, for instance, you gotta do better, man. You gotta do better. Gotta do better. I remember being I remember being asked once, you know, what can we do to this is the Democratic Party saying, what can we do to to get gain the trust of the black community? Uh be trustworthy. Be trustworthy. Follow through with what you said you're gonna do. And don't just pay lip service. I don't want you listen, man. Listen. This is my message to the Democratic Party. Stop all that canvassing, right? And get in there and do the work. Learn more about the communities that you're in. Right now, you're repeating and parroting information that many of you have no idea, no idea about what these people are truly, truly going through. None. So, so let, let me. So, if there if there's a question out there, let, let's so let me let me be clear about what I'm saying to you. I am a member of the CRA Community Advisory Committee, right, for West Tampa. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never, ever, not one time, seen a member of the Democratic Party go to a meeting or address any of the issues. That go along with that. Yet they talk about what? Gentrification, fighting against gentrification. How are you gonna fight against gentrification and you never been to a CRA meeting? Just saying. Mm -hmm. Right? Same thing in East Tampa. You haven't seen it in East Tampa either. Right? Black folks, you gotta start asking these questions. You know, and 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 hold hold our party, as we call our we call it our party. Hold it accountable. If you are a Democrat, you need to hold them accountable. Well, you know, both parties have their, their problems historically. Um, but the question, you know, I think for the public is, who's the progressive party and who's the regressive party? Right. You know, right. to me, you should have your answer then. Right. Right. I mean, okay, so we have progressives, right? The progressives on both sides. But you have progressives that when the word progressive pops up, they, they, you know, just by itself, the automatic thought is Dem Democrats, right? So the progressives are doing this, blah, blah, blah. Well, the progressives do a hell of a job, you know, it, just like anybody else does a hell of a job when it comes down to, when it comes down to, hey, you know, we're, we're you know, we're, we're really going, hitting the streets. We're really going at it. We're really doing this. Well, yeah, they are doing, they're doing what, what needs to be done. 
as far as that's concerned. Uh, but but the the places, the meat and potatoes of it, right? Getting in there into those meetings uh, and policy making areas where they need to be in order to learn what's really happening in these communities firsthand. See, one or two might go, one or two might go, but as a party, as a group, as an, as an institution, they need to be there to really understand what's happening in these areas. There are too many questions that are being asked that shouldn't be asked at all, but need to be based on whether or not they were, you know, based on what would happen if you're there. Right, I mean, it takes leadership. It always takes leadership. I mean, who's in power? Uh, like, I look at the mayor of St. Petersburg, for instance. You know, if he wasn't there at this moment in time, will we be having a discussion about the wrong that was done to the black community when that Tropicana Hell field no. was open? Yeah. No, no, Before he was there, we didn't have much of a discussion. No. Everybody was just making plans and, and getting rid of plans as they felt. Right. They please. They didn't ask the community anything, or how they're faring in the aftermath. You know, but now that he's there, he's conscious. Right. He's more conscious of it. So, but where's that leadership across the board? Where's that leadership in Tampa Bay? Right. Where's that? I mean, whether a person from the Democratic Party or the Republican Party shows up, they still have an agenda. Yeah. You know, yeah. and sometimes it's because they showed up doesn't mean they well, are you going to throw sure. a monkey wrench into the agenda. That's right. And, and, and to be fair. You damn sure not gonna get them at, at the, the Republican Party. Damn sure not gonna show up. Exactly. At those, at those meetings. So that's just not gonna happen. And when they do, if they that. do, <laughs> it's a bunch of Woo. junk they got to deliver. What you, you say? Know, so what you say? You know, usually their agenda is is you know it, that's how you got to look at it. I'm looking at. Uh, I love to take the the day of the week or the day and look at what historically significant happened that still has resonance today. And I'm looking at July 17th. And on this day in 1969, this really reveals a lot about where the parties were headed and what their value systems was when you take it at that flashpoint of 1969. And on July 17th, there was an interesting story emerged from the FBI on that day. The FBI, a memo titled, quote, New Left and Extremist Movements, quote unquote, <laughs> revealed Governor Reagan, who was governor of California at the time, his plans for the destruction of disruptive elements on California college campuses through, quote, psychological warfare. Right. right. And other methods. Right. Other methods aren't <laughs> spelled out. But, yeah, this was the mindset. This is how they felt like dealing with the uh, political left at the time. And do you think those ideas were the way they've gotten worse? You know, now they'll just make stuff up about the left while the right gets away with murder. Right. And that's where we are today, you know. So I thought that was an interesting aside here as we look at historical incidences on the day of that we're in right now. So I look at July 17th. There's a lot that happened on this day <laughs> that we can recall that has a lot of resonance to this day. And as we know, on that same day in 1980, this same day, July 17th, Ronald Reagan formally accepted the Republican nomination for president. I think it's also important to note that in 1969, uh, Angela Davis was at UCLA. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what happened? <laughs> what happened? By 73, she was on trial. By 1970, the following year, 1970, literally a year later, <laughs> she gets busted in on and is arrested for allegedly, allegedly supplying the subversive, <laughs> the subversive right. Black, Black Panther, Panther Party. Yeah. With arms, <laughs> right? With guns. With, 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 so with that kids. was one year after. That right. was in 1970. That was a year after this extremist movements. Right. New left and extremist movements memo came out. Right. Ronald Reagan trying to disrupt. Then we see COINTELPRO. COINTELPRO. Same Cointel thing. Pro now, we heard a lot about that, but we didn't hear about much about these other incidences. These, this is, I mean, and these things, trust me when I tell you.
as we look at as we look at the possibility of third party systems or third party or, uh, mm-hmm. possibilities, right? Uh, or parties, or let's put it this way, or parties that are that hold the the two main parties accountable, right? Mm-hmm. We we begin to look at this thing from the standpoint that um, there were a lot of there's a lot of activity that could lead up to that. Then that that could have led up yeah. to that then that was shut down by our government, right? Mm-hmm. And then we go into, fast forward now, what's happening now? At this particular point, that that activity basically is ramping right now. Think about it for a moment. How many, how many on the on the right, how many groups have emerged? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we got dumb. We had started with the Tea Party. Yeah. Right? Uh, which was very successful on yeah, the end. But was, because they had leadership in oh, Congress that was pushing it, you know. God. The Freedom, what would you call it? The Freedom Caucus or whatever. Yeah. But what about the state of Florida right now? And it's uh, the amount of insurgency, insurgents from, on January 6th came out of Florida yeah. and the amount of arrest, you know. The, the leadership in Florida has always been from the fringe. Look at Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that he's embraced these uh, these uh, conservatives, moms that are attacking school boards right now because they hate the woke agenda. They rather for their kids to be asleep rather than woke, I guess. But you know, these the, the anger and the level of of uh, <laughs> venom that's coming from the right okay. and the leadership in Florida. Making itself expendable to them, you know. Yeah, yeah. In the insurgency, you know, there's a, a growing right wing movement, not just growing, but a grown right wing movement in Florida. You know, the Church of the of the Creator was right oh, here in Tampa, God, Florida. Bro. You know, Florida has had it bad. We think Mississippi and Alabama, but think Florida yeah. for the right wing violence. That we still have to face, you know, if they don't get their way. Yeah. Yeah, evangelical support uh, that's out there. I mean, and you know what? Think about how many of us, black folks, support evangelical movements. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. I cannot. (laughs) Clearly not listening. Oh, my God. Not paying attention to what they're saying. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, you got these Jerry Curl wearing dudes that are sitting in the background in these at these at these rallies, right? Like old like old boys, you know, <laughs> <laughs> number three rallies, right? Yeah. And these guys are like really going at it in support of this of this this garbage. And I'm like, yeah. man, are you serious right now? Apparently, th- this one famous influencer that was in Trump's crowd that used to carry the signs "Blacks for Trump," <laughs> he would be in every. Rally carrying that sign. Apparently, he was part of the Yahweh Ben Yahweh cult down in Miami. So this guy clearly just follows cults. Right, right. <laughs> we got man. We got. Listen, I want to say hey to everybody out there who's watching us on Facebook. Um, I see Brother Clinton Robinson. He says, he says, yo. He said there is one political party historically, the Democratic Republicans, before the name change changes and divisions. The party of the founding fathers is white supremacy. Well, yeah. yeah. Quinn, you, you hit that on the head. Definitely hit that on the head. Uh, my man Juice Johnson out there in Lakeland. What's going on, man? Uh, Ron DeSantis in the Cuban community. Wow. Okay. So Ron DeSantis in the Cuban community identifies Europeans. Spanish is in Europe. Not No such thing as black and brown community. You have to explain that one, Juice. I'm sorry. I, I, I kind of get it, but you want to make sure that you that you that you're clear on that for me, man, um, so that we understand exactly what what's uh, what's intended with your message. Okay. Uh, let's see, Norman. Hey, what's going on, Norm Clement? What's going on, man? Uh, let's see who else we got. Good Lord, man. Got Jamal Chapman. What's going on? Hey, Jamal Chapman. What's up, Jamal? Hey, hey, man. 
Uh, Bruce Jellin, what's going on? Esther McDonald, what's happening? Esther says, I'm with you, uh, Mr. Walter Smith. <laughs> yeah, just don't talk about it, be about it. There you go. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, he says, she says, true. I'll be asking questions, holding them, holding them accountable. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, thank you, Esther McDonald. Norman, what's going on? Who else we got? Tony Moiron. What's going on, man? Let's see. Uh, Tony's on on the Republican side, but he watches. A good guy. I love love Tony, man. Great guy. Uh, Luigi Caballero. What's going on, man? Let's see. Who else we got? Oh, man, we're just waving at everybody this morning. (laughs) But good morning to everybody who's watching us on Facebook, on the Walter Smith, the second page, and on the Sunday Forum Facebook page. Listen. You know, this is a good conversation, man. Yeah, it's a good conversation. I think it's I think it's good to have this type of conversation in order to get some perspective and to be fair in that perspective. If you notice, folks, we're 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 critiquing both sides, right? And we're being fair, I believe, in in our critique of both sides. Um, and, and you know, full disclosure, of course, I am a Democrat, uh, but I am also I also hold my party accountable. I hold the Democratic Party accountable. Um, it is incumbent upon us uh, to do what needs to be done without all just the lip service, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure that we're out there doing the work, right? That's right. And when I say that, I mean, listen, man, you know, gosh, we have so many, we have organizations that are trying to get things done, right? And the party talks about it, but I, I honestly, I've never seen them literally at these at these meetings, at the plan, the actual planning meetings, as a party. You get what I'm saying? As the representatives of the party. Now you see them at the city council meetings, right? You see them at the county commission meetings, but I've never, ever. Ever, ever, ever seen them at CRA meetings, right? At NAACP meetings, right? Mm-hmm. At uh, Urban League meetings, those types of meetings there as an organ, as a party, being there for that reason. I just, I've never seen it, never seen it. Yeah. But yet, still, I will tell you what I have seen. I've seen and heard a lot of questions that really they should know the answers to. And if you know those answers, it's because you paid attention. It's because you were there. It's because you were immersed. It's because you were involved in those things. If if if, if there are questions that are still be asking, that are still being asked about gentrification or um, what do you call it, um, uh, urban? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm about to say to hit the dump button, but <laughs> that BS, that BS question about. About uh, about urban renewal, mm-hmm. <laughs> the term urban renewal, right? right. What, what is urban renewal? Colonization. That's what it is. Our removal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Urban urban removal or colonization, right? I mean, that's what it is. It's what it is, man. Um, you know, I always say, you know, let's stop putting ourselves in a box and act like that stuff doesn't happen over here that we see overseas uh, in the motherland. It does happen. It's happening right now. It happens all the time. You know? You know, today is also the day that Spain ceded Florida to the United States. God, no. This is the day we're supposed to be celebrating that. and But I guess we don't because on the same day, Andrew Jackson became the governor of Florida. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I wish y'all could see me right now. Jesus. I'm from Tallahassee originally, right? Okay, so you know. So I'm like, man, listen, man, uh, it, it pains me to hear that name, Andrew Jackson. I know, bro. yeah. Old, old Hickory. Yeah, he was governor for a while. That dude, man, I mean, you man. know. And, and you know what? As a historian, right, I listen, <laughs> I've, I've heard white people celebrate Andrew Jackson, mm-hmm. Right. I've heard them celebrate the, they've made them they made some very tragic mistakes with regard to celebrating so many people who were not really heroes, man. <laughs> I mean, hence the reason why we went around the United States 
that I say it. I, I mean, we ravaged them. We ravaged the United States and got some got some, that much justice at least of the removal of statues and stuff yeah. like that. Well, we we got some justice on that though. But you know, removing statues doesn't change the issue, right? right? But hey, you know, you get what you can get right now. Uh, that's the first step. But I mean, you know, listen, springtime Tallahassee, right? Who leads the parade? Andrew Jackson. <laughs> right? I mean, come on, dude. And then, then you look at, um, I, I, I don't think, okay, I've never told this story before. Okay, um, one of the things I, I, I studied very closely is the history of, of Cuba, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 19th century Cuba, okay. right? And in early 20th century Cuba. I just have to be studying that right now. <laughs> right, right, right. Good. Okay, so in Tampa, one of the biggest things that we celebrate is the Rough Riders, right? Yeah. And I say we generically, by the way. I don't celebrate the Rough Riders like that. And the reason <laughs> I don't celebrate the Rough Riders is because the symbolism, not because of the people who are members, by the way. You have some really great people that are members of the, of the Rough Riders organization. Really do. Um, stand-up guys, I, you know, can't, you know, really, really nice people. But, uh, I think, I think the the perspective is lost on a lot of these people. I don't think that they are historians or enough. I don't think that enough of them know the history of the impact of the organization and certain leaders of the organization. Besides this, that damn Teddy Roosevelt, right? Uh. In 1896, and mind you, I'm, I'm looking really dead in the eye as I'm saying this, by the way, folks, because I know the history back and forward. Mm-hmm. In 1895, 96, you saw a war um, that took place in Cuba for its liberation from Spain. America kind of dipped its toe in the water at first, but then it kind of got involved. But that's after Jose Martí and Antonio Maceo, which is my hero. Antonio Maceo was the black general who led the Cuban forces for years. Um, uh, that for quite some time, the white plantocracy of Cuba was afraid that it was going to be Haitianized because of his leadership, right? Um, and so what ended up happening was uh, the after the after the war, well, after that particular part of the war happened, after Maceo was actually assassinated. Now, I say assassinated. That's a whole other ballgame. I'll explain that another time. But Maceo was actually, you know, ambushed and assassinated, right? But when you fast forward and you look at what happened in 1898, right? When America did what? Sabotaged the ship. Yeah, right? the main. The main blew it up in the harbor, right? And then have used as an excuse to mm-hmm. join in and start and, and into the war and do what was called the Spanish, going to what was called the Spanish-American War. So it, didn't, it, it moved from being the Cuban Liberation War, right, to being the Spanish-American War, mm-hmm. right? So they stole the liberation part <laughs> from the Cubans, right? But then they turn around and they, they have this, this, this guy who was a member of the Rough Riders, uh, or, or better yet, the Rough Riders uh, are very, very pleased with this 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 guy who really was a troglodyte. His name was Leonard Wood. Leonard Wood. Leonard Wood was a, a colonel in the American Army. And what he did was he instituted a stronger, because it, it was already, there was already segregation and racism in Cuba and various places, but not to the extent of what we saw in 1898 when America occupied Cuba. And Leonard Wood became the governor, the occupying governor of the country, of the, of the country, right? Mm-hmm. When he took over, he instituted a type of Jim, Jim, well, just Jim Crow. He instituted Jim Crow laws there that made it horrible for people in Cuba beyond what it was already, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's after their liberation, their so-called liberation. They were they were fighting towards being a non-racial society, so to speak. And I I I, 
I always debate the issue of non-racial society. That's I think that's BS. But nevertheless, we get the point of what they, they were moving more towards a nationalism that was inclusive as much as they as much as they were going to be, as much as they were going to be, right? Mm-hmm. But this guy instituted something that was so evil, it's so bad. Yet I'm sitting there and I'm running for office, right? And I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, and one of the gentlemen, I'm not going to name names at all, one of the gentlemen who's running uh, is, a, is a member of the Rough Riders. And then the guy who was who was a commentator and a facilitator of the forum literally was a member as well. He acknowledged the fact of the pre- the presence of that the other gentleman, and he talked about Leonard Wood as though he was some some iconic figure that needed to be praised. And I'm sitting there in total horror. Nobody else is sitting there because they don't know that history. Mm-hmm. No one there knew what I knew. And I'm sitting there in total, total astounded, astonishment as they're talking about this thing. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Did you just say that? He was such a great man. I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. The hell he was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean... God, man, you know, we, we, we don't, we don't. Analyze what don't, happened. Yeah, man. But see, mm-hmm. again, there's that, that whole thing about critical race theory. Yeah. Right? Purposely try to keep people ignorant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they play, they play and prey on your ignorance. Right. Oh, man, stop, man. Stop with that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why I look back at history. I think that's what we're doing today. We're looking at historical events and what they what the resonance is to us today you know i look at the uh way african americans have been treated throughout history uh we see like look in 1944 1940s is an interesting time and especially when we talk about environmental degradation it'd be interesting to go back to all that was happening in the post-war years or after the war uh but that was an explosion on this day in 1944 at port chicago Yes. <laughs> now, the Concord Naval Weapons Station in California, but the, the, on that day, it killed 320 seamen when a pair of ammunition ships exploded. 10,000 times of ammunition exploded. 202 of the victims were black, enlisted men. And the Navy court-martialed 50 black sailors for refusing to go back to work after the catastrophe. They were released from prison in 1946 with dishonorable discharges. And they called the Port Chicago Mutiny. Yeah, <laughs> in reductions in rank. Uh, they reduced their rank and discharged them dishonorably. And the story was later described by Robert Allen in his book, his 1989 book, The Port Chicago Mutiny. Mm-hmm. Like Walter just said, in 1999, President Clinton issued a pardon of Freddie Meeks, one of the last living, convicted wow. African-American sailors. Wow. So hats off to Freddie Meeks. Yeah, and that incident uh, happened on this day. But look at how that could have been impacted so many lives. Yeah. It has resonance to this day. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk about environmental degradation. Mm-hmm. Especially wow, after the man. war. That was a lot right? of junk going on. They were trying to create weapons they were trying to create uh different types of germs you know right. there was a lot going on in the inter interwar years after the war i think i think germany uh if, if if you're a real student of this whole thing you look at germany right and what happened in yeah. world war one they led the way in innovation with regard to warfare and the creation of 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 uh <laughs> of tools of war, machines of war, right? Whether it was tanks, uh, whether it was chemical, chemical warfare was their specialty. They, they just loved that yeah. part, right? Mustard <laughs> gas was just, that's their thing. But what few people realize is if it wasn't for Garrett Morgan and his brother and what happened in Ohio and their creation of the gas mask, oh yeah, that we would not have won World War One. The the use of mustard gas was so was so vast 
they were take they were they were they were knocking us out. They were killing us on the battlefield, man. And if it wasn't for their their creation of the gas mask and their and our use of the gas mask on the battlefield, yeah, we would have been <laughs> over with completely. Yeah, they gave us a, a definite advantage. advantage. Definitely gave us an advantage. Now, let, let me also point this out as well as we come into the NPR um, moment there. Let me be let me. Uh, uh, really, really clear about this point as well. As we start looking at the environmental degradation, that we, let's, let's, we can be we can go way further than that, yeah. right? But when we talk about brown lung disease, yeah, um, that happened to black folks that was that was seen as tuberculosis, but it wasn't tuberculosis at all um, during the 1800s during slavery, right? There are yeah. lots of, of, of readings about that. But fast forward, and we talk about. Uh, we talk about the coughs that we thought were tuberculosis, brown lung disease, exposures to those things that led to that led to those studies that made it clear that these exposures were happening. Right. Mm. Fast forward, we also see where we were where black folks were exposed to these things, and, and native natives also were exposed to diseases and and illnesses from industrialized. Operations, mm-hmm. right? Fast forward again, we start to see this. Uh, as I said before on this show, seventy-five percent of black families live near what industrialized operations right. that do what that actually produce hazardous materials, right? Spewing it out. That's right. Um, and now we have higher rates of what low birth weight babies. We're going to talk about this a little more here on the Sunday Forum as we talk about the Supreme Court decision. Okay, when we come back. 